What's up, mamas? It's Tanika Ray. I was a television host for 20 years before my entire life blew up when I had a baby. Shifting gears from red carpets to a gig called Mom required a whole new game plan. The carefree, globe-trotting boss babe me was suddenly in search of a mommy tribe to help me navigate the inevitable fumbles and fails of raising a kid. Mama's Day with Tanika Ray is a sanctuary for the Mommy Collective, where we amplify our self-love and self-care, trade tips on raising conscious kids, help each other fine-tune our boundaries, and celebrate the highs while forgiving ourselves for the lows in the wild, 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 wild world of mommying AF. Oh, hello, my Mama's Day family. I am so honored to have you still here with us, rocking with us, loving these episodes. It is my greatest dream to be able to create this collective where moms feel safe to express their authentic selves and to be transparent and unapologetic about it. But what has come to my awareness is that this podcast isn't just for moms. This podcast is for women, daughters, mothers, aunties, grandmothers, all along the maternal lineage. It's valuable because mothers were once daughters and we learned to mother from our own mothers when we were daughters. We have to be careful how we process all the things. A lot of it is subconscious raising kids and how to raise kids and how to best raise kids. And sometimes raising kids is so multi-leveled and so all-consuming, you don't even have a moment to think about how you want to react in that moment. You are on an autopilot that you didn't even know existed because once you are triggered in a way, You may not have been a mother before, but you were the child. And when you were the child and you triggered your mother that way, how your mother responded to you is immediately how you respond on autopilot. It is the trippiest, scariest thing if you aren't able to stay present. And hello, my hands raised. Guilty, guilty many, many times. Guilty so much that I take a breather. I take some time. Usually when my daughter's at school is when I can really reflect. And I come back and I say, as soon as I pick her up, mommy's really sorry on how I reacted this morning. How do you feel about it? Well, mommy, I wish you wouldn't, you know, be so short with me or like impatient or yell. And I go, I understand that and I appreciate that. And I'm sorry that I was quick-tempered and impatient. But when I ask you 15 times to do something and you don't do it, and then your father's waiting for you to take you to school, and now you're making him wait for five to 10 more minutes, then you're getting to school late and you're getting a tardy. Let's fix it. You have the power to fix it. And this is not just about you. I have to react to you in a different way. Every time there is friction, as my daughter so brilliantly said, there are two of us in the equation. 
So it's not just my daughter not listening and taking her time and being distracted by doing cartwheels instead of brushing her teeth, but it's also how can I ask her and request for her to be more conscious about her time, for her to care about being to school on time? I don't know if I have the answer, but I say all that to say that 2022, and we're only in the the last day of January is when I'm filming this. Well, pause. Before I go any further, I do want to be very clear that this was not my plan for this week's episode. I was going to be talking with another mommy friend, another mommy guru, but this week has been a lot. A lot of highs and then some very confusing lows. This week has been my birthday week, January 25th. But wrapped around that has been two incredibly painful, unfortunate incidences by two incredible humans with seemingly everything at their fingertips. So four days before my birthday, Miss Regina King's son, Ian, decided to end his life. That same day is my brother's birthday. And then my birthday, and I had an incredible, incredible celebration with friends that I I didn't think was going to happen. Very spiritual, profound loving day on the 23rd in celebration of my birthday on the 25th. And then on the 30th, and this is where I have to warn you, this is a trigger warning. This is a tough conversation, but a young lady who I don't know, but we have a lot of connections. She decided on Sunday morning, around 6.30 in the morning, to jump out of the window from the 60th floor of a New York City high-rise where she lived. You know, they say women don't typically commit suicide in a way that makes them unrecognizable. I don't know what that's about, but you definitely don't hear very many women jumping 60 floors to their demise. It's not a, it's not a passive way to go. It's a very particular way to end your life. And I really am at a loss for words because I think all of us go, gosh, how much pain do you have to be in to throw yourself out of a window and know there is absolutely no chance that you're going to survive it? It's not the way I wanted to start Black History Month at all. She seemingly had everything. She was beautiful. She was Miss USA. 
So that's validation for her beauty and her brains. She was a lawyer. She was a television host. She was sparkly. And she seemed to have had it all. And she put it all to rest. We don't really know what happened and we will never know what happened. And that's what makes these times so confusing. And it brings it really close to home for a lot of people. Because it's kind of like, I call it the Halle Berry effect. Well, if Halle Berry can't find a man, how am I going to find a man? If this young lady is beautiful and talented and all, you know, she's a television host and she's Miss USA and she's a lawyer. If she's jumping to her death, what, why am I still here? I want to go back to why this is something I want to talk about today. This is not what I had planned to produce today for my first episode of February 2022. But this is where I'm led to right now. I really struggled tonight. Like, am I really going to ignore this? And basically it came down to no. Basically for the fact that I worked at the show she was at. I left the show right as she was coming in. I worked with the people she was working with. And I don't know any more than you do on why she made the decision that she made. What I do know is that working in that job didn't help. Working in a very splashy entertainment magazine show job isn't helping with your mentals. It isn't nurturing the person that you are. It isn't caring about what you need for your wellness. That's what I know. I'm going to go back to her last post. It's like a modeling shop, but it looks, now that we're looking at it, it looks incredibly sad. And all she wrote was, may this day bring you rest and peace. And it was two days ago. May this day bring you rest and peace. So though I am connected to her through one degree of separation, I don't know her. I didn't watch the show after I left. I didn't even know what her talent looked like. I had never seen her work before. I never saw the Miss USA pageant. But what I do know is you must have your own tools. Tools of coping is what I mean. When I was at that same show with those same producers, I was there for five years initially. It was truthfully the most miserable time of my life. I didn't feel cared for. I felt worked to the bone. And I was every single day. I I like to say that I was the victim of my own success. What does that mean? That means without very much care or preparation or producing what it is that I was navigating through every day, I was handling the challenges thrown my way in a very successful way. What I mean by that is I would work, start at 6 a.m. shooting a weekend show. Then I would be on another show. Then I have to drive across town to interview another person. Then I have to drive back to the studio, do some voiceovers, drive back home to the other side of the hill, go to a premiere. Then, you know, it was every day was like this. There were months and months and months 
where I didn't get a day off, where entertainment, you have to understand, is 24-8. The biggest celebrities in the world at the time announced their divorce on Christmas Day because they knew it's Christmas, therefore it wouldn't be the top of the news story and everybody's kind of on vacation, but yet somebody has to go in and report it. We really didn't get vacations. It was nonstop. I looked at an article she wrote about being stressed out about time. And I immediately go to, you don't have any time. You absolutely have no time of your own. You could plan ahead, but the job laughs at you. Because if something comes up, you've got to change your plans and be there for the job. You have to be on. Jennifer Lopez doesn't care that I'm having a rough day. So it is this job that requires you to forget where you are mentally and serve others. And look, I'm good at it. It's not like I'm complaining about it. I'm just saying it requires you to have your mental health together. And I don't even think I even thought of mental health when I was initially at this show from 2004 to 2009. All I know is by the end of it, and it, it wasn't helped by the people that I was working with who play mental games and want to make sure you don't think you're special and want to make sure you don't believe the hype when everybody thinks you're amazing. And I went to the point where the people that were my bosses, they were cruel. I had opportunities they just turned down for me without even asking me. They altered the course of my career because they didn't want me to be distracted by other jobs. They wanted me to be theirs. Sounds like possession, doesn't it? It very much was. They want you to get enough popularity and attention to serve their show, but no more. So I very much relate to this young lady, her sadness, her light, because after five years of working at this exact show, I was miserable. I was sad. I was depressed. I ended up finding my peace in a very reckless way. I drank a lot. I actually gained so much weight. I drank on the job. There was even a moment where I had alcohol tucked behind my wardrobe in the wardrobe room. Not only that, the wardrobe girl knew it was there and would be like, hey, you want a drink? It enables all of your bad behaviors. It is not a place to be if you are unwell. Again, I don't know why she did what she did, but I do know being in that environment doesn't help. I had to leave that job and choose me. I left that job to choose Tanika. The word on the street about me was I was the hardest working woman in Hollywood. Yeah, because I was everywhere. Every premiere, every junket. Junkets are those interviews you see reporters do with celebrities about their movies. I was at every set visit. 
at the time, the host, I wasn't even allowed to be a host at the time. I was just a correspondent, just, but I did all the work. The two hosts, they literally just read the cue cards. They read the teleprompter for the show. They went home. One of the hosts while I was there was a rock star named Mark McGrath. He wasn't comfortable interviewing his peers. He felt very ashamed by it. So they didn't make him do it. But they were also paying him a ridiculous amount of money. Well, he was represented by the same person that represented his co-host. So she pulled a really smart move and demanded to get paid as much. But she just became a mother. So she too didn't have to go on a lot of the shoots. So it came down to me. They worked me to the bone, to hysteria. The epic exhaustion. And when I read these posts by this young lady about her exhaustion, about time, I can't even explain to you how it rings in my head. It's uncomfortable because I don't really know how I feel about it. All I know is it's real. It rings true. But I made a different, very different decision. The things that probably saved me was my natural born rebellion. The fact that I've done a lot of work on not placing value on my job, my looks, what my hair looks like, where I live, what kind of car I drive. Maybe it's because I grew up with stuff. I I literally hate saying that. But I think if, and I've, I've had a lot of thoughts about this, if you grow up with very little and you covet a lot, then that is the priority over everything. And I grew up with two parents, a very stable home, and everything I needed. So for me, the simplicity of having everything you needed really informed my moves going forward. I have very simple Midwest parents. And I say simple because even though they moved to LA when I was six months old, my father worked in a very competitive field in a law firm. He rose through the ranks and was very successful. My mother was a teacher. Even though they lived in LA and could afford the splashy life, they chose not to. Because their simple Midwest roots, salt of the earth, informed them that it wasn't important. Now, don't get me wrong. My mother loves to shop. (laughs) She loves to look fly. But it was my father that really impressed upon me in ways that I didn't even know I was being conditioned. He refused to wear labels. He hated them. He hated polo. He hated anything that had a label, any logo. He refused to wear it. He's like, they're not paying me money. I'm not promoting any brand. That was very profound for me growing up because he just stayed at it. He didn't make us not wear labels. But my father is my hero. So when he, for my whole entire life, would be like, great, give me a shirt for Christmas, but I don't want a logo. You give me a logo, I'm not going to wear it. And please know, my dad was the epitome of class. 
Brooks Brothers suit, impeccable tailoring. He played tennis at the country club. He was that guy. No splash, all about experiences. When he wanted to treat his family, it was traveling to a foreign land to learn about culture. It was about going to exotic restaurants and exploring different tastes, broadening your palate, class. That's how I grew up. So even though I was the little black girl that had things, I was never desperate for more. I was very content with what I had and what I didn't have, which really allowed me to find value in myself outside of things, homes, cars, all the stuff that doesn't matter that you can't take with you. I know that's not easy. I didn't realize that that was complicated for people who value things so much. But then again, we are in a society that places value on so many material things. We live in a society that's like, get more, buy more, get more, buy more. Depressed? Take this pill. It is just consumer-driven. It is all about money. It's all about things. It's all about getting more, getting more, getting more. We are quite literally the product of our conditioning. And if you grow up in a culture, especially a culture that proudly calls itself capitalist, There are repercussions. No matter how much they try to convince us that things and titles and homes and cars are the greatest goal, we keep seeing people who seemingly have it all take their lives, destroy everything that is supposed to be success. That's what's laying on people's hearts so heavily is we are at this very fragile time of the structures of our society falling. Oh, they're lying to us about that. Oh, whoa. Are they lying to us about that too? This is why it's super interesting listening to these Southern states fight so hard against CRT, for lack of a better term. It's really just the truthful American history. It's really just full American history. It's really just an expansive macro view of American history. But it tells the truth. We are in this society, and it looks the way it does, not by accident. The fact that people of color are in the projects and we have less opportunity and we are discriminated against is not due to black and brown people doing anything to themselves. It's very much white America making sure that they keep their knee on people of color's necks. And perhaps white America is a little ashamed by that. And they're a little uncomfortable with that being documented in history books for their grandchildren to read about. That's truly what it comes down to. Because why else would you want to suppress 
facts. I saw a meme once that said, if this child was strong enough to survive it, your child is strong enough to learn about it. I thought that was very powerful. Ruby Bridges is only 66 years old, and she entered a school to desegregate it through a crowd of white parents screaming obscenities and hate towards her very close to her face, telling her to go back to Africa, we hate you, and the N-word. She was six years old. So perhaps that has a lot to do with the fact that as much as they want to pretend like civil rights and racism and hatred was so long ago, there's so much evidence to tell us that it's right here every single day. Now, I don't know, again, full circle, why this young lady decided to take her life when she seemed to have had it all. Young black girl with beautiful hair, a beautiful face and a beautiful mind and a beautiful career. I don't know. And I don't know why Regina King's beautiful son, Ian, decided to take his life on January 21st, two days after his 26th birthday. And nine days later, this young lady, Chesley, took her life in a very dramatic way. I don't know what place you have to get to mentally to decide that that is the only way to freedom, to free yourself from pain. What I think is more important right now for all of us, instead of trying to figure out why, because we aren't, we're never going to know why. This is a call to action, to work on your own tools that when, not if, hard times come, Sadness comes, depression comes, and it feels like there's no way out. This is the time to figure out what your tools are in order to navigate your way out of the darkness. This is the time to spend and figure out what brings you joy, what brings you untainted, unadulterated, unmolested joy. That when you're having a dark mood, a dark moment, a dark chapter, you can lean on these things that take you back to the light. It could be nature. It could be reading books without answering your phone. It could be a staycation. It could be going to the beach. It could be doing yoga. It could be knitting. It could be eating pickles. It could be anything that you decide is where your complete epic joy lies. And I think if we keep these tools, and that sounds overly simplistic, I understand that. But what I do know is that we aren't justified, we aren't nurtured in finding our own wellness. We aren't supported in finding where our joy is. We are told in this society, just keep going, make that money, make that money, more, 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 by any means necessary. Because what we're being told is that with the more comes happiness. With that house comes joy. That with that car, you're the man, you're the woman, you're top of the world. 
With that job, you get everything. And unfortunately, what we're knowing, what we're realizing is true more than ever before in 2022. It's not true. Again, thank you for rocking with us here on Mama's Day with Tanika Ray. I wanted to do a solo episode. I've been really on a high bringing you some incredible stories with moms, daughters, aunties that are speaking truth to the mom-woman experience. But this was too important to pass up. I really wanted to sit down with you and share my thoughts about how this is a war on our spirits, on our wellness right now. And nobody out there is going to save you. Nobody out there can make you feel better. We have got to learn how to be self-soothing, self-healing, self-loving. Because truly, There is no news program that's going to make you feel good about yourself. It's quite the opposite. There is no television show that's going to make you feel good about yourself. It'll show you aspects, but you've got to lean into doing the work to heal your stuff. Read the books from the great thought leaders. Infuse yourself with self-love and activities and habits and rituals that only leave you filled with light, meditation, journaling, thanking God, hiking, walking, dancing, whatever that is, we have to start creating those rituals for ourselves. We have to start being disciplined so that every single day we are flexing the muscle of self-love and self-care. Because what I know to be true After I was drinking on the job and I was the most miserable I was is I took eight years to find myself so that when they came back to me and said, you want to come back? I did it on my terms. I practiced my epic no when it wasn't working for me. No, when it wasn't to my highest good, I created a boundary and I got back to myself. But trust me, nobody at your job cares about you more than you. So I'm going to end this with some quotes from the great Jim Carrey. And the reason why he's so important to me is we all know how much money he made from his comedy, millions and millions and millions of dollars. And he was still what? Miserable. He has gone on a crusade to find himself, to get back to his joy. And he fills up his timeline with quotes like, You are so much more than what your mind can tell about you. A limitless being cannot be described with limited thoughts. Ooh, this is one of my favorites by Jim Carrey. Being alive is the greatest gift if you know how to live. And then he captions it, instructions not included. And it goes on and on another favorite. Sometimes silence is the best answer. And he captions it and let the universe take care of it. In times like these, I'm reminded to remind you, be careful how you curate your social media. And if you're listening to a podcast, you probably have some sort of social media, whether it be Facebook, Insta, TikTok, Twitter, LinkedIn, whatever it is, you're doing at least two of those. 
I encourage you, for your greatest wellness, to curate your page and only follow people that bring you joy, that light up your space. They send chills down your spine because they're sending joy and they're knocking on all the chakras in a way that illuminates time and space. Curate your page. If you have to delete people because they bring you down or it's always bringing you bad news or it's always making you sad or it's always trauma bonding, delete it from your page. Follow people like Jim Carrey. Follow people that teach you about how to take the greatest care of yourself. I love you. Mama Stay with Tanika Ray will be back next week with another incredible conversation with a mom. Now, I want to make sure you know, I am going live on Instagram every Tuesday to discuss the new episode. And throughout the week, stay in touch with me because I go live on the hot topics of the week. Sending you guys so much love in this really tricky, charged time. Lean on your wellness. Lean on your bag of tricks. You know what makes you happy. Do it unapologetically all the time. I love you. I'm so grateful to be able to do the shows that I am very passionate about. And I'd like to thank Jenny Media for being on this ride with me and producing these episodes with such a beautiful hand. Thank you, Jenny Media. And I don't want to end this episode without you knowing that there are so many places that you can talk to people. Never before have there been more outlets for therapy, for suicide prevention hotlines. Make sure whatever social media platform you are on, you are putting hashtag suicide prevention to help you climb your way out of a dark spot. I want to 100% shout out Shanti Das, S-H-A-N-T-I-D-A-S. She has made it her mission. She left a very high profile job in music to help people silence the shame, silence the shame so that they can reach out and not feel ostracized by being in a dark place so they can actually come out of the darkness and find help. So that is important. And I'm sure there'll be so many other places outside of here, but I just wanted to make sure I add this at the end of this episode. Thanks for hanging out, Mama. I know how little time we have in our day to honor ourselves, and I'm just thrilled to be a part of it. Make sure you click like, rate, and subscribe. I'd love to hear what you think about today's show and what you want to hear going forward. Remember, mommying is a gift and you're doing a kick-ass job. So, woosah and mama stay. <laughs>